Do you love people enough to be concerned with and then disciple them in a truly holistic way? Often, we can find that the time required or the level of intentionality needed to disciple people in such a holistic way becomes overwhelming. Or our need for everyone's approval prevents us from addressing all of life with the gospel because we fear their rejection. But the thing behind the thing in each of these is really a love issue. We love ourselves, our time, our reputation more than we love people in God's glory in their lives. Let God change that in you. And then ask yourself, what areas of discipleship and all of life care do we need to be giving greater attention to in our church or our missional community, or maybe in your own family? How can you begin to disciple one another more holistically? the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. Okay, here we go again. Happy Monday. If you happen to be listening on Monday when we release the new episodes every week, otherwise, whatever day you're listening on is fine. Wow. Fall is in the air. Can you smell it? It's starting to come. Things are just starting to turn color here. And everything has gone Halloween. <laughs> it's crazy. And Halloween is a big deal in our neighborhood. I've talked about this before in the podcast, but Halloween is definitely a major celebration. And it's not an evil one. It's very fun and cool. And the neighbors really come out and there's a lot of decorating and it's really fun. I hope you're preparing for it. We did an episode a while back. It was episode 239 on, called Halloween is Your Door Open for Mission. And regardless of how much you participate or really engage Halloween as a holiday or whatever's going on around you, God is bringing people to your door. Kids and their parents, usually at the end of the driveway, we like to make it a big deal. We like to really extend the invitation and let people see that we're for them and we're excited to meet them and we ask a lot of questions and we try to hand out really good candy check out that episode episode 239 halloween is your door open for mission if you want to get a bunch of ideas on halloween and how to make it really an important thing and also a little bit about why maybe your heart doesn't have to worry about it being some crazy evil thing maybe that'll help but i hope you're getting ready for that because again god's bringing lots of people to your doorstep Hey, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the episodes every week when we drop the new ones on Monday. Whatever platform you're on, go ahead and subscribe. I know a whole lot of you listen through the Apple podcast platform. That's awesome. You know what else you can do? You can leave a review there for us. It's been a while since I've had a review read here on the podcast. I like to read them when they come in. Would you take just a minute? I know there's a bunch of you listening right now going, well, I've never done that. Would you pay it forward? Would you sort of let us know what you're thinking about the show? Give it a rating. Give it some stars. Help other people be encouraged as well. And it will be a really big encouragement for us. So I hope you'll do that. If you're listening to this on a platform you're not that stoked about or you wonder where else you can find it because the podcast is available everywhere, you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe and that'll show you all the major platforms. And there's new stuff and really some cool stuff platforms that are opening up now podcasts are really getting to be a big thing so check that out everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe 
make sure you leave a review for us wherever you're listening. We'd really appreciate it. Now, before I wrap up today at the end with the big three, I'm going to have another segment of something to think about. That's a a relatively newer segment I've been doing, giving you a little something, something to think about where we kind of correct maybe some weird thinking that we've adopted as the church along the way. Something to think about. Stay tuned. (laughs) That'll be coming up right after the big three. Now, today I want to talk about holistic discipleship and why our discipleship needs to gets to be holistic, not just addressing what we traditionally think of as spiritual things like Bible studies or prayer or sin management and churchy stuff, but a holistic discipleship that speaks into and transforms every area of life increasingly now in this life, not just waiting for heaven or doing, like I said, behavioral modification between now and then. Discipleship involves caring for the whole life of a person, how we steward our time, jobs, money, relationships, entertainment, our health, our bodies, all that stuff. It all needs to be transformed by the gospel for God's glory. Let me ask, were you discipled this way? Life on life with the gospel applied to everything going on? See, the gospel is the answer to every question. And you've heard me say that before. The gospel speaks to and transforms all of life. Do we disciple people as we believe this is true? Are we ourselves free enough to actually address and love a person enough to speak the good news of the gospel into everything? Or will we be content just to do Bible studies and go after sin management when things get bad enough? See, there's some big fear of man issues that keep us, keep a lot of us from doing holistic discipleship. It might just be the way we were raised and we saw it as these sort of churchy, spiritual discipline type of things that we get passed on, but that's not what we see in the scripture and that's not what we see with Jesus. His discipleship was much more holistic. It touched all of life. I'm going to share with you what we call the seven treasures. You may have heard me talk about five treasures in the past. We've been doing some additional thinking, expanded this out a little bit. I'm going to work it out for you. But the seven treasures, these are different areas of our life or types of assets, if you will, that God gives us to be stewarded for his glory. And if they can be stewarded, then they can and will need to be discipled. In other words, to fully disciple a person to maturity in every area of their life, we'll want to be able to see, observe, and be willing to engage them with the truth of the gospel in all of these, all seven of these that I'm going to give you. Now, I've broken these down into these seven categories. Again, I call them the seven treasures. Let's take a look at each one. I'm going to let you know what they are real quick, and then I'll sort of unpack each of them separately. So these are sort of in the order of, I guess I would say, least valuable asset to the most valuable asset. I'm not going to get too deep into that today, but let me give you the seven. There's our financial treasure. So our finances, these are areas that we need to get to disciple people in holistically. So their finances, their intellectual treasure, their ideas and creativity and knowledge, things like that, their experiential treasure, their skills, their travel that God's given them, their perspectives and wisdom, things like that. There's their physical treasure which is more than just their bodies and health, but it's also their time and their energy. There's relational treasure. 
How's your relationships doing? Is the gospel speaking into that? Are we discipling people and their families and how they interact with friends and people of peace? There's also emotional treasure, the emotional areas of someone's life. The gospel speaks into that too. Are we as part of our disciple making? And then there's the spiritual treasure, which is huge. This is our relationship with God and growing in light of the gospel and the Father's love for us as dearly loved sons and daughters. So those seven treasures or those seven areas are areas that we get to, I'm going to say we need to be discipling people in if we want to do holistic discipleship that transforms all of life. Now, I don't have time to be exhaustive on each of these. My hope is to spark some ideas for you and perhaps uncover blind spots in the way you see discipleship and maybe in the ways you're currently discipling people. So how do we help people move from unbelief or false beliefs to the truth of the gospel and what God says is true in all of these areas of life? Let's talk about finances for a second. Our financial treasure. This is measured in dollars, hard assets, investments. And, you know, someone could be considered very wealthy by measuring just this in their life. Well, that guy's got a great job. Look at all the money they have or look how much they give to the church or whatever. But we all know that having a lot of money doesn't necessarily make us happy or generous or any of that. A lot of people I know in ministry never want to go there. They never want to discuss finances with anybody. They'll even say things like, wow, giving's way down. You know, like this will be an elder. Maybe I'm having a conversation, elder in the church or a pastor. Ah, our giving's way down, man. Our budget is shot right now. I'm like, are you talking to your leaders and various people in your community about that where their heart is and how the gospel speaks into our finances and whose money it really is anyway? No, I don't want to know any of that. I can't go there. Wow. You, how can you disciple someone if you don't ever speak about money? Jesus spoke about money a whole lot. Remember, where our treasure lies, so our heart goes too. Uh-huh. So how do we help people move from unbelief to belief about finances and whose money it really is and how much we plan to, quote, give back to God versus how much are you keeping for yourself? Do we discuss that? Do we let our own understanding and finances be known as part of our life in a community that makes disciples who make disciples? We get to. All right, the next one, how do we help people move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in connection to their intellectual treasure, their ideas, creativity, growing? You know, how have you grown your intellect over this past year? Are you passive or are you active with that? Or is there an intentionality? Are you just coasting? I learn what I have to learn for work, but other than that, I just sort of spend a lot of my free time watching TV and movies or sports or playing sports or fishing. How are the people you're discipling developing and growing intellectually? Are you helping them steward that? Are you staying a lifelong learner? We've talked about that. We did a whole episode on being, staying lifelong learners. Applying ourselves, stewarding, taking every thought captive, taking use of all of our time for the sake of God and his glory because we get to. And then are we sharing that with others and Encouraging them to grow and read or listen to books on tape or take courses? Are they stewarding their intellectual treasure? And are you willing to speak into that? Okay, here's the next one. How do we help people move from unbelief 
or there again, maybe false beliefs connected to the truth of the gospel when it comes to their experiential treasure. In other words, all that stuff like skills and perspectives and the life that God's given them, the experiences. See, that's something to be stewarded as well. Now, there's the other side of it. Some people spend their whole time vacationing and traveling and they're sort of experienced junkies, but only for the sake of themselves and to sort of stay entertained. But how are we doing at discipling and stewarding experiences? God has uniquely gifted all of us. Doesn't matter where you grew up or how much money you have or had or didn't have, but we all have a unique set of experiences that I believe have been ordained by God. And this is part of how we find people of peace and build relationships. We're all unique in that way. And so much of that's our experiences. Are we stewarding that? Do we understand how the gospel speaks to that as well? Oftentimes, a lot of our experiences in good ways and not so good ways make up our belief about our identity and our self-worth. Things that have happened in our past or things we've done in our past. Are we discipling how the gospel speaks to all of that, the good, bad, and the ugly? And how God plans to redeem it and has and wants to use it for his glory? in their life, but also in the life of our community. Yeah, see, maybe you've never thought about this, but that's something to be stewarded. That's something to be discipled along with so many other things in light of the truth of the gospel. I think this category of experiential treasure, the things that we've sort of stored up and experienced, I guess, throughout all of life is a lot bigger than maybe we think it is at first glance. I was never raised where someone was saying, hey, let's talk about all the companies you've run and all the places in the world you've got to visit and do work and enjoy and all that. How do you think that God might want to use that for his glory? How's he used it to shape you? How might he use those experiences to shape others, to help them move from unbelief to belief about what God can do in a person's life? And how he'll plan and execute his glory in their lives through those experiences. Hmm. I love this. I love this area. And again, I think it's bigger maybe than we have been taught to think it is. All right. The next area that we want to help people move from unbelief to belief in, to disciple them in, is their physical treasure. Their physicalness. (laughs) Their time. Their energy. Their health. Those are all the things we're looking at when we're talking about discipling the physical aspects of people. First off, let's look at how are we doing at stewarding our own health and bodies and our time. How do we use our time? That's all part of our physical treasure. It's finite. It's not unlimited. There's only so much of it. Who or what are you giving your best energy to? And then as you look at people in your community and you go, wow, that person's really stewarding their time well or they're, they're really working out some health issues, but they're after it. And let's encourage them in that. Or they're really, really not. See, so often in the churches that I've been a part of and grew up in, it'd be no problem for someone, maybe even kind of in a weird, icky way on a Sunday, to address somebody's sort of external sin uh, or something that happened in their marriage or, I don't know, maybe they got caught cheating at work or who knows what, or but it gets addressed. But then the person doing the addressing is like 100 pounds overweight, or they'll never address the unhealth in someone's life 
unless they're so far gone and addicted in something that it's ruining their family or it's bringing ill repute on the church. We generally just shy away from that stuff, though it's killing people and it's not a good witness and it's not healthy. See, this is a big one, I think, where understanding holistic discipleship, how are people doing at stewarding their bodies, their health, their time? We're all so afraid to go there and yet people are dying. And the church is no difference. We're not immune to that. All you have to do is turn on Christian radio for more than 10 minutes and you're going to hear a whole lot of weight loss commercials and all kinds of stuff like this and counseling things and all that. Wow. What if we started discipling people more holistically and helping them move to the truth and what God says is true of them and how he's created them for his glory and he wants them to be healthy? And what about their time? So often, the biggest thing we hear about living a life on mission for God is, I'm just too busy. Well, that's a time stewardship issue. That's an area of discipleship. It's like, well, hey, hang on a second. What do you believe in about time? Whose time it is? What that time's been given you for? We all have the same 24 hours a day, and we all choose to do what we want to do every day. How are you choosing to spend your time? Is it for the sake of others? Is it to serve? Is it to disciple others? We get to address that. We get to speak into that. Now, I'm not saying that we just keep lists of all these things. We start hammering people. But as the Spirit brings to mind, hey, here's another sort of false excuse about time use. I'm just too busy for that. Are you willing to speak the truth of the gospel into that? Do you love that person enough to do that? Can you help them move from false beliefs to the truth about that and really that this is their choice? Same with how much we eat or fill in the blank. Will you disciple their physicality, their physical treasure? Now, here's another area that we get to disciple, and that's relationships, our relational treasure with both family and friends in our church, in our community, our missional community, our oikos. And this is measured by both the quantity and quality of relationships we have with our families and with friends and people of peace within our growing network of relationships? What if a person in your community doesn't have a whole lot of relationships because they're so locked up by fear of man that they, they're just not building friendships? They're not very connected with their community or maybe even their own family because of some past hurts. And therefore, they're not really building relationships with new people of peace. Wouldn't you agree that needs to be discipled? There needs to be discipline, discipleship there connected to that, helping them move from unbelief to belief. Now, this might take a lot of peeling layers off the onion to get there, but you can see where relationships are a huge area of our lives, people, everyone's life, that we need to be discipling, helping people move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel because there is so much broken relationship out there. You hear us, we say closing every episode, Heath says you really do get to live with spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus came to give us. This is a big one. And so often we just go, oh, that's icky. That's going to take a lot of time. Oh, relationships are so messy. And that's why we just end up sort of discipling the quote spiritual areas. Like I'll just run the Bible study and like, well, what did you hear God saying? Okay, good. What are you going to do about that? Okay, good. Good luck. You know, it's like, no, that doesn't take it far enough. We are whole people. We are body, spirit, soul, all of us. And and we are just like God. We exist in and for relationship with him and with others for his glory. That's an area 
that we need to learn and grow in our ability to disciple others in. Another one that we can help people move from unbelief to belief in, that's their emotional life, their emotional treasures. How are people in your community across the table from you, uh, across the desk at work, how are they doing emotionally? See, the gospel speaks into every negative emotion that we may be feeling, and it speaks life and light into those emotions or even our happy emotions. Like, yeah, let's bring some worship into that. Like they're so excited about, we're finally gonna have a baby or our son just achieved this in school and we're so proud of him, great. Let's give God glory for that instead of, well, don't you feel like an awesome parent and and it's all about your glory. There again, not to be a wet blanket, but to give God the glory. But there's plenty of also, like I kind of started with, there's a plenty of negative emotional baggage that people have. This is another frontline area that we need to get to learn to speak the gospel into people's lives, helping them move from unbelief to belief. Remember when I first read these seven, I said they kind of went from least valuable to the most valuable. You, you feel how these are getting heavier and more important as we go? Uh-huh. The last one being relationships, this one being emotions, what we think, what we feel about things what we think about people or what they've said or done. Mm-hmm. This is clearly an area of people's lives that we want to be doing discipleship in. Now, the last one, number one, the most important of all is our spiritual treasure, the discipleship of our understanding of who God is and our relationship with God. That is paramount because what we believe to be true of God ultimately speaks into our own identity as image bearers and what we believe to be true of ourselves. That's where we get all spun around is we don't know or believe a lot of what's true about God. And that leads into false beliefs about ourselves and other image bearers. We've talked about the four G's, the four eternal truths about God that speak into all of life and how important they are and how it addresses sin and negative emotion and all that. That's all part of our spiritual treasure. Growing in this is going to actually help us disciple others in so many of these other areas. Do we believe God is great so I don't have to be in control? Do I believe God is glorious so I don't fear others? I'll speak the truth in love because I know that the glorious one who created me, who died for me, loves me completely. Do you believe God is good so we can look at what's going on in life and look for the good in it and look for how God might be using that to mature us and bring about glory for himself? You see, and then there's God is gracious. Are we growing in our understanding of God's grace? And how much time do we spend speaking about grace and identity and all that in our communities with those we're discipling? If you've been a regular listener to the podcast, you know that we spend a lot of time talking about these four G's and our gospel identity and how we get to live in light of the truth of that. This is all, boy, this is sort of the big E on the I chart, if you will, helping people move from unbelief to belief. Don't just address identity. Don't just address grace and people's relationship with God and their spiritual freedom. Don't just address that once or assume that if we study a book of the Bible or we read a book and answer the questions at the end, that's actually getting addressed. Be intentional about all that. Now, again, I can't get exhaustive into all of these, but I hope that as you think through these seven treasures, these seven areas of our life that God gives us to steward for his glory, I hope that you're starting to think about discipleship in a much more holistic way. It's obvious 
from the teaching and experiences Jesus had with his disciples that he was committed to developing them holistically. He desired to bring every area of their lives under his kingdom rule and reign in light of his love. And he's commanded us to do that with his spirit as he goes with us. Go and make disciples and I will always be with you. So we get to make disciples holistically just like Jesus did. I want to wrap this up by giving you the big three takeaways from today's topic. I print these out. You can always get a free download of those if you want these by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. But you don't want to miss these. This is sort of the summary of everything we just talked about. First, discipleship involves caring for the whole life of a person. Every part of our life needs the gospel, not just the quote unquote spiritual things like Bible study, prayer, and sin issues. How we steward our time, our money, relationships, entertainment, our bodies, etc. must all be transformed by the gospel for God's glory. Number two, do you love people enough to be concerned with and then disciple them in a truly holistic way? Often, we can find that the time required or the level of intentionality needed to disciple people in such a holistic way becomes overwhelming. Or our need for everyone's approval prevents us from addressing all of life with the gospel because we fear their rejection. But the thing behind the thing in each of these is really a love issue. We love ourselves, our time, our reputation more than we love people and God's glory in their lives. Let God change that in you. And then ask yourself, this is the third one, what areas of discipleship and all of life care do we need to be giving greater attention to in our church or our missional community or maybe in your own family? How can you begin to disciple one another more holistically? Because people are waiting for someone to bring the good news to more of their life today, now. Will you be the one who will love them enough to do this? Ask the Holy Spirit, what's next? with each person in your community, each person you know God is allowing you to disciple, and then trust God for that next small step. I'll add a list of these seven areas, these seven treasures to the big three. So if you get the download, I'll have all seven of these listed off for you so you can begin to think and pray through them for your own context. Now, if you're interested in learning how to do this, how to really grow in this, and learn how to make discipleship a whole lot more holistic, for yourself, for your family, for your community or your church, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to help you grow in your gospel fluency, the ability to see the good news connected to each of these when people aren't living with such good news. This is what we do in our couples coaching, Tina and I. And I'd love to set up a short Zoom call, talk about this, get to know you a little bit better, answer any questions you have about the coaching and see if it's a good fit for you. To learn more and to set up a call like that, go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. All right, let me wrap up with the something to think about segment. Did you know that the word pastor is only used once in the New Testament? So why do we call everyone in the clergy then pastors? Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. There's only one time that role is mentioned. I mean, think about it in our church. We have lead pastor, associate pastor, 
worship pastor, high school and college pastor, the family pastor, student ministries pastor, youth pastor, small groups pastor, the parking lot pastor. Whew. Where are the apostles, prophets, and evangelists in our churches in prominent leadership positions or just present within the body equipping people for works of service? Is everyone really a pastor? So there's something to think about. Okay, time's up for today. Join me next week as we talk about dealing with grief or addiction or other hard relational situations in community. This will kind of flow out of what we're talking about today as we start to drill down in some of these areas. What's the best way to address these things and truly be good news to that person and the rest of your community? We all face these things. I think this will be really helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.